Welcome to episode two of the Music Buzz, the podcast where we discuss the music biz while we get a good buzz. We're your hosts, Lauren Brumley and Justine Avila. Your buzzwords today are babes and bourbon, brought to you in part by Buffalo Trace. (laughs) We're not sponsored by them yet. Um, We hope to someday be, but that is our beverage of choice today. Unless you want to sponsor, of course, then we're open to other beverages. Totally. No, but today we wanted to chat about females, the music industry, and chicks that overall just rock. You know, Nashville's next generation of awesome females was recently featured on Billboard magazine. Which is incredibly cool. Very cool. We've had a lot of news about women on the business side in music, which is incredibly exciting. There's just so many topics to cover regarding women in music, but I feel like due to the fact that pretty much the most epic queen on the face of the earth released the best album I've ever heard on Friday. Wait, 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 wait. before you answer, and I know where you're going with this. I was going to ask who your all-time favorite female artist is, but with this buildup, do you want to talk about whose album you were super excited? Well, I am obviously talking about Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. She was also on the cover of Billboard. Right. We're just looking at this cover of Casey Musgraves with like this floral number, cute, White sunglasses with flowers on them. She is so unique and just unashamedly herself, which I really love. But this new album is incredible. Have you listened to it all the way through? Oh, of course I have. What kind of question is that? I just needed to make sure. Yeah. I think one of my favorite reviews called it acid country rock pop. Yes. And I was like, hmm. It was like acid soaked country pop. And I was like, wow. That is really descriptive. Right. And if you heard that before you listened to the album, you would be like, what are you talking about? But then you listen to it and you're like, oh, that is pretty spot on, actually. Definitely. And Um, it's interesting because she talked about how she enjoys doing LSD while writing, which is interesting because I feel like that is so not PC to do. And so... I think it's really interesting that she was bold enough to come out and be public with that and talk about it in interviews. Okay, so two responses to that. First of all, I don't think that that's that surprising because on her previous album, I mean, she wrote the song Follow Your Arrow, right? And that at that time was a huge deal, especially in the country space because, you know, she was supporting the LGBT community outwardly. Um, Which is not common in the country world. Of course. My second response to that is, what do you think the other writers did? Like, (laughs) she writes with more mature writers in the sense that they have family. So was she like, all right, guys, today we're doing shrooms, call the babysitters. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Or was she like, oh, I'm going to get my inspiration, like go on a hike. This is why I feel like, Maybe we need to have her on the music buzz one day because I have questions about that too, because I wonder if it's one of those things you can't be 
a sober person in a room with somebody doing LSD and write a song. How weird. You have to be on the same level. Not that I'm saying you should do LSD. I'm just saying like, if you're going to be sober, then you probably want to be in a room with sober people. If you're going to be drinking, you probably want to be in a room with people who are, they don't necessarily have to drink, but that are on your energy level, which I feel like. And maybe that's why she probably gets some inspiration from it. Like, I think she was in a recent interview and she was talking about how sometimes when she's fighting with someone, she'll pause the fight because they'll say a really good line and then write it down really quickly and be like, okay, now we can get back to fighting. Okay, wait, I need to start doing that. (laughs) I mean, I was like, that's pretty genius, but you have to capture like probably all of your ideas. I don't know. I'm not a creative, but I would imagine. No, let me just tell you as a songwriter. (laughs) Break it down for me, though. (laughs) Your notes app and your voice memos app are the most important part of your phone. And dear God, if anyone went through my night would die because (laughs) it's like a live journal. It literally is. Yeah. I'll be driving in the car and like just record a voice memo if I have an idea. So a lot of them are just like really loud background road noises and probably people honking at me. Awful. Like I have all of the emotions like at night. Oh yeah. Be like, oh, so emo. (laughs) Yeah. God, that's really interesting. But also, so going back to Casey, I wonder if. Maybe, so in a co-write, sometimes you'll start a song in the room with a crew and maybe you're not able to finish it. Or maybe you start a song on your own and, you know, bring it to your other writers. So I wonder if the writing that she's doing while doing that is like on her own. Because it seems like she, from what I've read, it seems like she enjoys it because she's able to be in like a creative inspirational mental space if you hear loud grunting and snorting it is not me and justine that is once again our um third co-host jack the golden doodle he's sitting with us on the couch right now and he's really in need of attention today he's currently heavily breathing (laughs) as he's being petted so sorry about that so okay all right Back to women in music. What do you what do you think about this album that's so empowering, that's so like blaze, well, trailing the blaze, all of those good things? Or do you yeah. even think it is? I mean, like all of the reviews are awesome, right? right. And that she took a chance with uh, the song High Horse. Yes. Which I think High Horse, people were scared about when they heard that, but I think that's an outlier of the album. Like I don't think that, most of the album sounds like that, which is what's interesting. Okay, so let me pose this question to you. Is this, is Casey doing the same thing that Taylor did on, and I know we have differences on the album that she did it, but say you know how Taylor, for argument's sake, yes. tested out some pop songs. Do you think Casey is doing that in the country space on this album? I mean, she's about to go on tour with Harry Styles, right? right? Who's a pop star. I think so. I think she's just kind of getting a feel for experimenting with different genre, experimenting with different feels. And this album definitely is a combination of all of that. So I think maybe she's just kind of figuring out what she wants to do next. But that's why I like it so much because she just kind of doesn't give a flip, as my mom would say, (laughs) about what people think her songs should be. She just writes what she loves and she is inspired by a lot of different genres. So 
her songs reflect that. And she doesn't care that like, okay, well I'm played on country radio. So I need to stick to these, you know, molds that are set out for me. She's just like, this is what I'm going to write. And if you're not going to play it on country radio, I don't care. Do you, and that's cool. Do you think that that's like the new trend of the up and coming like female country stars? I mean, I know this is not exactly apples to apples, but it makes me think of the song Maren Morris did with Zed. Yeah. I mean, that that's a pop song, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, right. that's not country. That's just full on pop song and it's played on top 40. It's everywhere right now. Yeah. And she's a country artist. I mean, yeah. she's... However, I listened to another podcast, which is competition. Whoops. Woo! But there's another podcast done by the LA Times called Popcast. And one of the co-hosts was saying, he just says that Maren Morris is an R&B pop artist, not country. Mm-hmm. That's played on country radio, basically. Which I kind of see, but she's also just like a person who merges what she likes and, you know, it works but- for country radio, but it also mm-hmm. can work for pop. Well, I was having this conversation with someone and they were asking me, who I was excited about. And it was right when the Marin album came out. And I said, I love, you know, Marin Morris. And I'm really excited for this album because I think it's not going to sound like all of the other stuff that I've traditionally heard right. in the country space. And I think to your point, it's almost like she has an R and B like kind of almost hardcore. It, it's not like soft and fluffy. Yeah. Um, vocals well, that she brings yeah to a song like rich so good it is and that's i think her and casey both in that right have not necessarily country voices but they have country songs yeah you know what i mean granted a good song however it's produced and released can be any genre but i think their songs are country their voices are maybe not so much like i hear like casey has such a clean and crisp voice that I think could sound good on pop too. And then obviously Marin is like very soulful. It could be R and B all day long. So they have those cool voices, which like mix with country songs is cool and it's different. And it's not yeah. like somebody, you know, trying to force a twang that doesn't exist. Well, do you think, and it's not a female, it's male, but going on the reverse, right. With Justin Timberlake, do you think his song with Chris Stapleton, is that a pop artist making a country song? Um, yeah, I think so. Say something. But I also think it's like in how it's produced because that could be totally switched around to be on pop radio if it was maybe just mixed a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it is on pop radio. I'm pretty sure it's on top 40. JT is cashing in those dollar bills. He totally is. He totally is. And Chris Stapleton. So those are the ones kind of blazing the trail here in Nashville, I think, yeah. on on the artist front. What do you think about the, the recent stuff in the media with females in executive positions? I think there's been a lot of spotlight. And I think Nashville does a really good job. They did, most recently, the Rising Women on the Row mm-hmm. breakfast. Um you know, I think there's been a ton of spotlight and it probably expands beyond the entertainment business with females in the, in, in business in general. Yeah. What are I your think, thoughts, Lo? I think Nashville, there are a lot more women in those powerful positions, more so than a lot of other places. 
in like looking at like New York and LA. Mm -hmm. But I like, why do you think that is like, I don't know what it is about Nashville that that's just cool here. And that's like women feel empowered enough to kind of like take on those roles. Whereas maybe a lot of other places, it's just like, there's such a heavy top line of males kind of controlling things. And I don't know if it's like an intimidation thing. Like, why do you think that like Nashville? I'll, I'll tell you why. Honestly, because I think that there's a community here specifically in the entertainment space. It's, it's females kind of helping females out. I mean, Look at some of the biggest managers, right? Miranda's manager is female. Thomas Rhett's manager is a female. Carrie Underwood's manager is a female. Jason Isbell's manager is a female. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty big artists with female leads Yeah. Um, in the industry. And I think it continues to grow. And I think, you know, I mean, we have great schools in the area. So if... There are females that want to be in this business. I think that there's a community here that can nurture and foster that talent. Bring it up. I'm not saying it's easy. Right. And no. I'm not saying that, you know, the the paradigm is going to shift overnight or anything like that. Yeah. But to your point, I think it's it's growing a lot more probably than, than other places. I think that's a good point. And I think that's definitely true about the community thing. Because it's also one of those things where, like, you see one badass woman in a position of leadership and then you know girls who are in college studying you know music business are like oh that could be me they, right. they it's like a realistic thing to reach for because they see that it's it's attainable right a hundred percent it feeds that that pipeline totally well back to my fun question though real quick favorite female artist of all time and That's just so for fun hard. how about Favorite female executive. Ooh, that's really hard. Okay. I want to say, just looking at lifetime, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily right this current moment, one of my favorites has always been Christina Aguilera, which we also talked about on episode one. If you haven't listened, go back and check it out. She's always been one of my favorites because her voice is just stupid and she gets accused a lot of oversinging. And I get that. Wait, That's uh, fine. Hold on, pause. Is oversinging a thing? Apparently. At what I, is oversinging? Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm sorry I can do vocal gymnastics. Like, my bad. Wait, Let me tone myself down. I can't tell. Like, you're you're being serious. It's called oversinging. Yeah. People complain about that. Yeah. People are like, okay, you don't need to overdo it. Every line doesn't need to be this crazy run. Simplify it. You have a beautiful voice that's, you know, as it is. You don't need to do all this crazy stuff. But it's like, if you can do it, I enjoy hearing it sometimes. I think Christina Aguilera has a tendency to maybe oversing, if that's a thing. Because when she does tone it down and does, you know, very simplified versions of songs, it's beautiful because she has a beautiful voice. Well... I feel like but she's she, a legend. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, she is the voice of our generation. What was that song? She toned it down a little bit in that song. Not probably with her attire. Dirty? <laughs> oh. That's when she wore, like, ass chest, yeah, that's right? toned down, Justine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I think I was pretty young when that came out. My parents were like, uh, what is this here? No, for sure. Like listening to the stripped album, which I was <laughs> a big fan of. I was in like 
I was like a freshman in high school or something. And I always felt guilty listening to it because I was like, my mom is going to walk in hearing me listen to like, get mine, get yours and be so concerned. Right. And it was the time when like we watched TRL, right. And music videos were huge. And I remember like having that on in my room and like my parents would walk in and be like, excuse me, like, what do you think you're doing and what are you watching? But yeah, there are definitely like, for example, Christina did a song with Tony Bennett. Um, I think she did song for you if I'm not mistaken. And it was so good because I think she had just the right amount of like, you know, showing off her voice, but also just keeping it simple and classic and beautiful. And that's one of my faves. And favorite lady executive. So Marcy Allen of Mac Presents came to speak to my music business class when I was in college and just told us stories about how she had to get where she was by just like, just hustling and pulling out all the stops. And I always have thought she's super cool. I don't know. What about you? All right. Artist. I feel like I'm going to go with the classic answer here, but I've recently been getting back into Oh God. (laughs) The Whitney Houston catalog. So good. Wow. I mean, like, wow. I, I just, I have no words really to describe her voice. And I just think she's incredible, and I wish she was around today so I could go to a, a show. Uh, um, no kidding. I mean, like, the Bodyguard soundtrack, like, it's just all, I mean, incredible. Uh, so good. So, she's my favorite. Um, That's a great choice. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a sad choice, right? It's like, it uh, it's like when people say, the Beatles. Well, we're never going to see the Beatles back together. Right, but it's like you always also romanticize people after they're gone even more. Like, not romanticize, you appreciate their art more when they're gone. Executive. Oof, that's a tough one. So, I recently heard (laughs) Julie Greenwald speak at a conference. And I just, like, read a lot about her. And I think she's a total badass. Kind of similar things to what you said. She had to hustle... I mean, Lior Cohen, who's now over at YouTube, really fostered her and brought her up. But, you know, I mean, she has a, a really cool story. She was, I think, interning for him or temping with him for a while. And then she was going to leave and go to law school. And he was like, no, you're going to stay and work for me. And, like, cut her a deal and said, I'm going to, you know, bring you up in this industry and, and train you. So she ended up not going to law school and she tells like a really funny story that Lior gave her a pager and was like, you know, you need to keep this on you at all times. And like, you know, you need to be available and working at all times. So I think she tells the story a lot better than I can. But she went home and her parents thought she was a drug dealer. Because <laughs> it, at that time it was like, why do you need a beeper? And why does it ra- go right. off with all of these random numbers? Yeah, like, you're like, what is your job? doctors and like drug dealers have pagers. Yeah. So it was pretty funny, but you know, I think she has, like I said, a pretty incredible story. She's fostered a lot of artists, um, and has done an incredible job over at Atlantic. So, um, yeah, she's just a total badass and she has some really funny stories about like, I can only imagine. She even talked about like some hip hop meetings and she said, 
you know, like, it would get pretty heated, so much so that, like, she's had a gun pulled on her before, and she would just be giving it right back to the artist, being like, nope, we're not going to do this. Don't come for me, son. (laughs) She would literally put (laughs) them in their place and be like, this is what we're going to do. I'm not intimidated. Sit down. Uh, Um, See, that's goals. That's lady boss goals. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, And she told another one, too, that I thought was pretty funny. Um, You know, in this interview, they asked hey, so, like, when you go to a festival or a show that you probably have all the passes and whatever, and you go backstage and she's like, uh, you know, what do you do with your kids? Are they, do they think this is what the music business like is like? And she's like, if they're with me, they can come with me the way I enter. She was like, if they're not with me, they're getting in the back of the line with everyone else. <laughs> and that's how they're going through. And I really appreciated that. I was she's like, that's real. Cool. Yeah. Julie, that. doing her thing. <laughs> Um, but you know, that's not to say we have a ton of incredible local leaders and all over the globe, I think doing some amazing stuff, but she's, she just has one story that really sticks out. I, I enjoy that. Love a good lady boss. Love it. So sort of changing the subject within the past couple of years, especially, and I hate to like just we don't want to stick to just talking about country, but particularly in country music, there's been such an issue with women artists being played on the radio, being headliners on tours. And honestly, that's not even just in country. That's kind of all over, but especially with radio, I think is, you know, an issue with country female artists. But why do you think that, we're constantly told that like women don't do well on the radio. I just don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I kind of heard something like, and I don't have all the statistics behind it. Maybe you told me, but someone on some panel or some interview was like, well, we leave the picks up to our audience mm-hmm. and our audience is requesting and their audience was a split 50 50 male female requesting male artists yeah. and i just find that hard to believe because also right we're this conversation is limited to radio right, right? i mean if we expanded it to digital services maybe it would be a different story but I think on radio, part of it is, yeah, requesting a song, which is what we talked about, but also that being the instrument for music discovery. So then that's in the hands of the radio DJ. But Um, like you, I guess you also are thinking about like, okay, so let's say a radio station leaves it up to their listeners to vote what's on the air. mm Mm-hmm people are going to vote for what they know. And so if you're constantly being presented with male artists and those are the songs that you're familiar with, of course you're going to continue to want to hear male artists because you want to hear what you know when you're listening to the radio for the most part, unless you're somebody cool who wants to listen to new music that they don't know. But I I totally agree, and that's that's my point. You're not going to know what you're missing out on if it's not introduced to you at first. But I think... I mean, that also expands to the digital stuff, and this is getting into a whole other discussion, but, like, our attention spans are so short now, so even whether it's a male or female artist, I think it's hard just in general to capture someone's attention unless yeah. they're, a, you know, a music aficionado. That's unless like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're like, okay, they'll, they'll give it a try. 
Yeah, that's even true. Even if it doesn't capture their attention in the first, you know, 10 or 15 seconds. But I think the Nashville community has done a lot to bring awareness. I mean, we might have chatted about it, right, on our previous episode. Maybe not. But, I mean, we have changed the conversation now right. as a result of one of those radio DJs saying, you know, females are the tomatoes in the salad. Right. And then and you can't else. play two females back-to-back right. on the radio. Right. It's just like, why? You play men back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back on the radio. What is the difference if it's a good song? Well, what about the pop space? You can play females in the pop space. Right. Back to back, right? Yeah. But my point is, I think the Nashville industry has done a good job of bringing awareness to that with, you know, those panels like Change the Conversation or things like Tomato Sass. Yeah. Um, which is another panel that kind of sprung from from that incident. Um, you know, but again, I, I think it's one of those things that doesn't really change overnight. And I think, yeah. um, you know, as more female artists break and you know the artists like Casey and Marin bring some awareness and probably draw people in from other genres I think that that does a lot to probably spur females right yeah and I guess you know looking from like if I was a radio DJ and I just am just like oh well this is the way it's always been until somebody says okay but why right you know, you maybe won't change. So I guess like the change, the conversation thing is just bringing awareness to the fact that it is an issue. So and it you, is problem. Do you think it'll change when there's no longer radio? I don't know. I, I feel like people still listen to the radio and it kind of blows my mind. So like, I don't know if there will ever be a time where we don't have radio. It may be different. Well, but. I'll be honest with you. I listen to the radio. Yeah, because you're 85. <laughs> I'm 100 and it's actually me heavy breathing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I I don't like the, like, if I'm going to be in my car for two minutes, like, running down the road, I'm not going to go through the process of plugging in my phone and picking out a song. Oh, like, see, if I'm, like, going down the street, I will stop in my driveway, <laughs> set up my playlist, and then leave. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like, I know that, like, Lightning 100 will have something good on. So I'm yeah. like, you know what? This will suffice. Especially if I'm running late to a meeting during the day. Like, I am focused. Now, if I'm running super late and it's very far, I usually put on, like, my running playlist. And I'm like, all right, this is, like, Fast and Furious, yeah. like, going through Nashville traffic. Well, but you brought up Lightning 100, which is a good point where we are spoiled in Nashville with right. a badass independent radio station that plays a lot of local artists that's it's it's a great station not all cities have that i mean enlightening we trust right like Uh, yes put that on my tombstone (laughs) (laughs) but it's true i mean you know that they're gonna play something or you're listening to something that you haven't heard and it'll be local and it'll be awesome yeah um but yeah that's another instance that we're spoiled we really are i'm not mad about it but like that's why we live here there's so many perks. So many. <laughs> okay, but this is interesting too. So for those of you guys who listening who don't know, the Nashville scene is a local, I guess a magazine, mm-hmm. right? It's a local magazine. They just post about, you know, going goings on of <laughs> Nashville things, happenings. And so they posted, which I think they do this every year, or at least they have for the past couple of years, they posted the Bonnaroo lineup 
whiting out all of the male artists to show how many women are on the lineup. Guess, so there's 148 bands playing Bonnaroo this year. Guess how many of them are women? Or at least like mainly predominantly women. 148. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess 50. 36. Oh. Is it that wild? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And, And you're looking at like, I mean... We have so many cool female artists right now of all kinds of, like, of all genres. And Bonnaroo especially is not a festival for one genre. It pretty much sweeps, sweeps them all. So you're telling me out of 150 bands that you are booking for this festival, you could only find 36. Well, and I wonder, right, like, I'm going to assume, giving the benefit of the doubt, that it wasn't based male, female. It was just, they have some algorithm that's like, okay, these bands sell this many tickets and are available because now every town across America, even across the world, has a festival. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine what those radius clauses look like. Oh, God, I know. I mean, you must be able to play, like, three shows and then you're done um, because of all the festivals. But... I wonder now if consciously, well, you said this has been going on for a while where the scene does this. But yeah. I wonder if they're going to make a conscious effort to say, okay, let's let's try to have yeah. a little more um, diversity. Diversity. And also, I don't, I'm not looking at the actual lineup right now, but if I'm not mistaken, I don't think a single one of the headliners for any of the three nights is a woman. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's just, it's crazy to look at the graphic and be like, wow, of all these like tiny fonted bands, only this many are women. But I mean, that seems like an, an, an obvious like error to us. Right. But I mean, there's another award show, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest night in music. Right, where the only female artist that was nominated for Album of the Year did not perform. Right. Right? And the reason for that being is they asked her to perform with another guy. And she said, I want to play my song by myself the same way that all of these guys are playing their songs by themselves. Yeah. It makes me so angry because it's just like... But how do we change that? And what do we do? I mean, we, we you have, do what she did and say, no, yeah. I'm not doing it unless you give me the same fair opportunity that you're giving everyone else. Right. That's pretty much what it takes is like somebody being in the position to like speak up and not just be like, okay, well, this is the way that it is. But maybe that'll happen as we get more and more females in leadership positions on the yeah. business side, right? Hopefully I mean, so. We're talking about blatant errors to us, but it may not be blatant. To the people working behind the scenes. They must be like, oh, yeah. And I don't think that it is blatant. I don't think that it's like a conscious, oh, we're keeping women out of music. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just a lack of acknowledgement. No, that's... You know? Yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, with the craziness, what we were talking about, I think, before the craziness of this year, it seems like, okay, now moving forward... Hopefully everyone can make conscious efforts in these fields yeah. to diversify a little bit. 
Right. 2018 has been rough. In so many ways. Just so many. But you know, we're going to make a comeback. I'm thinking like the last half of this year. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge, as uh, someone would say. Oof. (laughs) Rough. Okay. We've gotten a little serious. Let's like skirt back to something more fun. Who is a female artist in any sort of genre that you're like digging right now that may not be universally known? Like Casey is like a household name at this point. Well, I'm going to go back to one of the shows I missed that I am still angry about. Caitlin Smith. Uh, I think that she has freaking powerhouse vocals. And I think her album Starfire should be all over the radio, all over the globe. I think she's incredible. I totally agree. She Um, is one of those artists that like the first time you hear her and I've seen this happen to people in a venue where she's playing, like she will stop you in your tracks. Her voice is that good. You got to set this up. She, for those of you who don't know who she is or hasn't, haven't listened to her music, like she's very goofy on stage. Very goofy and a very Zoe Deschanel vibe. Yeah. Like she's tripping over chords. She's like (laughs) cracking jokes and it's like almost very unassuming. Yeah. Like it's exactly like Elf. Like, when Zoe Deschanel is, like, in the shower, and he's like, what's that voice? Right. And you're like, whoa. That, like, that came from her. It really um, is the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the shower scene. No, but. Yeah, but, but you the, know what I mean. The idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with her. What about you? Oh, that's, like, honestly, such a good answer. There's honestly so many. I've been listening to a lot of cool chicks recently. One of my faves I just saw last night, she is, has not even released her debut album yet. She's only released one single, but I've, she lives in Nashville and is on a local, uh, or well, she's actually on Universal, but she is uh, managed locally. Uh, and her name is Cassie Ashton, and it's Cassie with a K. And she is, I guess I would say a country, almost like... Almost like Marin vibes, where she's like a country artist, but she's very soulful and R and B. And she doesn't vibes. dress classic country at all. No. Like you have to okay. get a visual. <laughs> so the first time I saw this girl, she's real. She's tall and thin and gorgeous, and she was wearing like half athletic like <laughs> basketball shorts. Like a band tee and then like stiletto over the knee boots. And I was like, who is this girl? I must know. ASAP. I like somehow I want to wear what she's wearing and it's like basketball shorts. Like right. why do I love but, her outfit so much? But her swag. It's just like you're like, I want to be her. <laughs> right. And I just look like I rolled out of bed if totally. I were to like put those on. Also like I don't have her legs or her body type. Oh so it would just look. Real bad. No, I have the shortest legs. If I wore over-the-knee boots, I would look like (laughs) they came up to my neck. (laughs) So I can't. I think I was with you, Lo, at... It was Basement East, where she did, like, a showcase. showcase, And it was before she was signed to the record labels. And the room (laughs) was packed. And it was kind of like sharks circling. It was. Um, It was. So... Yeah, this was before, I think you just said this, but this was before she was signed to a label. So 
she had kind of generated a buzz in Nashville because everyone who heard her was kind of the same deal as Caitlyn. She has a voice that stops you in your tracks. Yeah. Uh, and so she had generated a buzz enough to have like all these, you know, insane executives at her show being like, all right, we're trying to chat this, chat this chick up. She gave a like kick-ass performance too. I mean, it was a showcase. It was like a lot of industry people milling about, like talking to each other. And then she was just like doing hair flips, like rocking it all across the stage. Very like seductive dance moves. Yeah. But her songwriting is just very creative. It's very different. And she's just cool. And I think she's going to be a big deal. So I like that we've been able to see her a couple times. I can be like, ah, that old Cassie. Back when we saw her before she was a big deal. No, she's really good. I would say Dua Lipa, but I feel like she's becoming a household name now. Oh, definitely. I mean, she's, again, I hate referring back to Top 40 Radio, but she's on Top 40 Radio nonstop. Right. Um, And she's on tour with someone, right? She's opening for someone right now? I actually don't know. Maybe not. Well, actually, I want to say she just did like a headlining tour because she came to Nashville maybe in the fall of 2017 and played at Cannery. Yep. And everyone just says she puts on an incredible show. She has an incredible voice too. I See, I love a girl with like a deep, beautiful, like rich voice. And she has that. Like a baritone? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, that's... Pretty funny, actually. Yeah, uh, love her. I'm curious now that you said with the Bonnaroo lineup, like with summer touring, what that looks like across all festivals and even right. headlining tours. Like, right. I wonder if that changes for the promoters, right? Like, who offers whom the headlining tours? Right, I know, but you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know either. Also, another chick. In music that is literally killing it in all aspects right now, who I am fully obsessed with. Who? Julia Michaels. Oh yeah, she totally is. She is such a badass. I feel like I've said badass like four times in this podcast, and I'm sorry for anyone with sensitive ears, any children, sorry. <laughs> but she not only is an incredible artist, I love her voice, and I love her style, but she is like, she writes songs for everyone yeah and not just write songs like writes number one hits for everyone i mean she kind of reminds me of a young sia oh i can see that i mean not the not the same sound or anything like that but in the same way that sia is her own artist Mm -hmm. but then she writes all of these songs for everyone uh in all genres i think she's like the next sia she is just incredible. And she, um, Julia Michaels also has a song with Keith Urban, like to, circling back to crossover of genre. Mm-hmm. She has a song on the new Keith Urban record. It's like she can just do everything. Yeah, which is pretty insane. It's totally insane. What about the female songwriters killing the game? I mean, you have Nicole Galleon. You have Natalie Hemby. Yeah. I mean, you Lori have Lori. Yeah. What do you think about them? It's like the foundations of all of these incredible songs are females. Hell yeah, they are. Um, I love all of those people you just said. <laughs> so this week in Nashville is Ten Pan South, which is a songwriters festival that happens every year, not far off from like a South by Southwest. 
kind of deal where it's like a bunch of different, two shows a night at, I think about 10 venues in town. Uh, and last night I went to the creative nation showcases at a local venue called the listening room. And the second one, I mean, the first round included Cassie Ashton and, uh, Steve Mokler. Um, and then the second round was Natalie Hemby and Lori McKenna and two of the other guys who are on creative nation who are also awesome. But I just, Natalie Hemby and Lori McKenna are also writing the hits for everybody. Like last night, Natalie Hemby played um, a song that she wrote with Miranda Lambert for, is Keeper of the Flame the title of her album? The Weight of These Wings? Oh, no. Um, So the song is called Keeper of the Flame, and it's going to be Miranda's next single. So, like, they're killing it, too. And obviously, it's like every time Lori McKenna plays Girl Crush or plays uh, Humble and Kind, it's like those are massive anthems because everyone knows them and everyone Mm -hmm. waits to hear them because they're such huge songs and everybody knows every word obviously i know that must be a pretty incredible feeling like sitting in an audience being like ah i wrote this song and that's oh totally but like it always gives me chills when i'm at a show and every person in the room is singing the words and everyone was singing humble and kind last night and i was like i'm not crying you're crying can i tell you my humble and kind moment please do so i was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go see faith hill and tim mcgraw at the ryman dreams um when they did that secret show it was sam and what i forgot what name they used they used like their middle names to describe the show and it was yeah to like so, yeah, yeah, they announced a secret show. The Ryman announced a secret show with, like, whatever the names were. Like, Sam and something. Yeah. But um, it was actually Tim and Faith. Yeah. But that was their cover. And that was the cover, and it was, like, the kickoff kind of to announce their Soul to Soul tour. But in the audience that night was Laura McKenna. And Tim McGraw made them turn on the house lights, <laughs> and he, like, pointed to her. In the audience, and literally everyone started bawling, and like I was crying, <laughs> like Lori McKenna was crying, and he was just like, "Lori, this is for you. You wrote an incredible Aww. song." And then he like launched into "Humble and Kind," and she was just like sitting there sobbing, and I was like, Ugh. "I'm sobbing." It was the same thing. I was like, "I think I'm, I'm gonna crying. sob now." Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> thinking about it. It was beautiful, and then of course everyone was singing along, which was pretty insane. But see, Lori just has like a way of writing songs that make you. Just want to cry. In a good way. Always yeah. in a good way. It's always like, if it's sad, it's like, it's like bittersweet sad. Like last night she played a new, or not a new song. Well, I guess it's pretty new. Her daughter, I guess, just turned 16 and she said she was just like counting down the seconds until she was able to get her license. And so she wrote a song for her daughter and sent it to her via a voice memo. It was along the lines of like, you know, slow down, don't be in a hurry, you'll understand when you're older. And she said her daughter listened to the voice memo and uh, she like, you know, bumped into her in the kitchen later on that day and she was like, did you listen to the song? And she was like, yeah, I cried. (laughs) Like, but also if your mom was Lori McKenna, like what if she communicated with you in voice memos only with songs? I would just be like... That's my dream. I would just walk around crying all the time. Thanks, mom. But like, what? A, that's like such a gift to have from your mom. It's like your parents aren't gonna live forever, and like to have something like that, it's just like 
Yeah. Life advice, like humble and kind. Like you have that for the rest of your life. Your kids yeah. have that. Your kids' kids have that. Like that lives on forever. That's like such that's, a cool thing. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I yeah. didn't think about that. But yeah, you're totally right. It's also super, I would imagine it's super intimidating. Like oh, if I yeah. were her daughter, I'd be like, well, I'll like, never what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, which is pretty... <laughs> Pretty interesting. Um, we're actually gonna start a um spin-off podcast that's just a Lori McKenna fan podcast. Things, things Lori would do. Uh, I actually would love um to listen to that. So Lori, if you're listening, <laughs> come be our guest. Yes. Be actually our we'll guest. be <laughs> our guest. Oh wow. Oh wow. So if you could go on tour with any female artist who would it be and why Ooh. obviously living because like I'm oh thanks I'm <laughs> on tour with a Whitney Houston hologram <laughs> <laughs> opening for Whitney I mean you never know um, I have to I am like the business brain right so am I thinking about it strategically like who's gonna get me in front of the most people like for sure I'd be like this is your I, own rationale you get to decide I mean First of all, I can't sing, but... If you could. If I could sing. Or even even if, like, I just mean, like, go on tour. Like, even if not, like, performing. Like, if you're, like, working on a tour with somebody kind of deal. Oh. I I stumped Justine. You might have stumped me. Because if I were performing, right, like, I would... I'd probably pick the biggest tour to get the most exposure. And I think... It's Taylor Swift's yeah. this summer is um, the stadium tour. But also that can work against you because if you don't, it, you have to, so I've heard, again, I'm not a creative, but I think I was reading a Kings of Leon interview or something, and I think they had mentioned how you 2 ha- taught them how to play arenas because it's oh. a whole different ball game once you're in an arena versus a club. Oh, for but, sure, yeah. Like, are you asking what I think the most fun tour would be a part of? Like, yeah. hmm. What? I mean, I feel like Demi Lovato would be a hoot. Ooh, true. If I had to pick, like, talent. I don't I don't know. It's such a hard question. I, I mean, know. can I go on tour with Lori McKenna? Heck yeah. I would listen to her songs all day, every day. And she's the nicest. Oh. So you would have a great time. Right. <laughs> For sure. She probably have like, all the stories to tell you. I would just tell her, hey, you can just send me voice memos. <laughs> um, yeah, if you could just answer this question in a voice memo via song, uh, that would be great. great. Thanks so much. Uh, who would you pick? I think I would pick Taylor. Would you? I think so. That's just like my immediate go-to because I feel like she has so many dancers and like, I just feel like she has so many people on her tour that would be fun to hang out with, you know? Did you see the behind the scenes of the 1989 tour? I feel like I did. Uh, was that what was released on like Apple Music? Was it might have been on Apple Music. I mean, there was some, I think, like on demand on DirecTV, like some yeah. deal. But I just remember watching it and being completely overwhelmed because they said that that tour traveled with 12 semi trucks. Oh, yeah. And I I'm like, that. if that's 12, and that was for arenas. Imagine what the stadiums are going to be. I mean, that's going to be insane. And I wonder, so you know, some tours leapfrog, right? And they have two sets 
where one is at another city setting up. I yeah, I, I don't know. If she's you actually told me that, which I never knew before. Yeah, which um, is interesting. I mean, I think it makes sense. Just to, that sounds very costly. Like costly, but it's like insurance for yourself that you have what you need. Right. You know, Kanye couldn't do it because that screen was so expensive. Oh. On uh, it was Jesus, maybe. The, the big one that he stands on that floats over the whole arena. Or, uh, no, arena? no, that was Life of Pablo. But the it was like this like moon screen. Oh, um, I think that was on the Yeezus tour that like was slanted mm-hmm. and went out over the audience. But okay, yeah. it was like so incredibly expensive that they only had one of them. So that's like in it. I think he had to cancel part of his tour when he was touring because the screen got damaged. So he had to repair it. Um, That's crazy. Anyway, I'm rambling. Who would you pick? I think Taylor. I think I would stick with Taylor. Stick with Taylor. I think She's so. the one. Yeah. It seems like a pretty incredible setup. Or, oh wait, or Dua Lipa. <laughs> or Dua, she would be so Dua cool Lipa. hanging out with. Yeah, she totally would. I really love her. Mm. All the pop gals. You're, you're delving into the pop life. I really am. I just really love pop these days. It's good. I mean, it's always something different, right? Right. Well, there's always, I think, especially with pop music, there's always waves of new trends where it's just like, country is just like country, you know? But, I mean, I would argue with you, right, that Casey's country isn't just country. No, totally. But I think, like, pop is, I think, ever-changing, whereas, like, country, you have your certain artists who are ever changing. Right. Does that make sense? No, that's true. Like, but the trends usually pretty much stay the same. Yeah. With the exception of like the large transition into like the pop country and bro country realm. But that's like not an ever changing thing. That's just kind of like a, a transition into a sub genre, I guess. What do you think of the Florida Georgia line in BB Rexton? BB Rexa? Yeah. Song. It's interesting. B.B. Rexa is a very interesting person to me. I, di- I don't think that she is country, but I think that song's kind of good. I'm kind but of into like it, but... Crossover. Yeah, definitely. That's what the play is. But I think she's just trying to be like, yo, all right, whatever. Yeah. I don't discriminate. Do you think Casey and Harry are going to come out with a song then? I would love that so much. Can <laughs> you imagine how good that would be? Maybe, maybe Marin will make a Zed album. That would also be awesome. But Marin already has her song with uh, Niall Horan on his That's album. That's true. But I would great. argue Niall tried to go country. I would disagree with that. Really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like oh. Niall's album is like adult contemporary. I No, I agree with that. But I don't, I think that song is a little more country leaning. Okay, I could maybe, maybe agree with that. I do love it, though. Niall's album is great. (laughs) We know who your favorite One Directioner is. Actually, it was Zane. Um, (laughs) But he's like, who knows where he is? He's like missing in action right now. He's making Um, art. So Niall is the one that's cranking out the hits. So he's making it current favorite right now i mean is he though guess who's going on the arena tour harry Ugh. all right well <laughs> i think it's time to wrap it up so 
We realized we had some bloopers <laughs> in episode one, thanks to our friends and family. They're awesome. Yeah, so like, turns out, Justine and I are not perfect. Believe it or not. I know it's hard to believe. But you know, we're going to say some dumb things from time to time. So we're just going to start having the morning buzz hangover. Music buzz. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) And it's for errors like that one. Um, Don't listen to me. I've had... I've had a glass of whiskey. Really. Um, so in in our hangover for today's episode, the, the hangover for episode one is, I said, deadhead fans. <laughs> well, as one of my good friends pointed out, deadheads are the Grateful Dead fans. You don't have so, to say fans. like That's redundant. Not, yeah. It's not believer fans or Swifty fans. It's just... That's their name. Your Swifties so, or Believers. I'm correcting myself. Right. So they're deadheads. I stand corrected. We apologize. We apologize. Um, I think that I may have also referred to the Japanese house as a they. It's a she. So just let's pretend that never happened. Let's just erase that from our memories. I was blacked out in a <laughs> coffee buzz. In an espresso buzz. <laughs> in an espresso buzz. Um, and that's our hangover. We hope you join us again for episode three. Episode three. If you have a particular topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Hit us up on our social media, which I think we're Music Buzz Pod across the board at this point. Definitely. On, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or you can email us at the Music Buzz Podcast at gmail.com and if you really really like us just don't forget to rate us and subscribe to the podcast yes please Please. and leave us a comment like tell us what you think tell us if you love us or if you hate us or if you want something different or if you have any suggestions yeah if you hate it just email us (laughs) don't leave that in a comment all right until next time see you then stay buzzed